tripped over his own feet. Himself right in the mouth. Chris and I went out to eat uh, the other day, and she she was uh, she's like, "Oh my goodness, you've gone back four times for dessert. Aren't you embarrassed?" I said, "No, I keep telling them it's for you." They say with age comes wisdom, so therefore, I don't have wrinkles, I have wisecracks. Hey, 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 I don't need comments. Thought that one was... First Kings, chapter 21. You're going to recognize this. Last week we talked about, we read in First Kings 19. Um... And uh, this week we're jumping a little bit more to uh, chapter 21. We're going to start with verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in uh, Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria and Ahab spoke to Naboth saying give me your vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it or if it seems good to thee I will give the worth of it in money and Naboth said to Ahab the Lord forbid it of me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Now, last week we talked about Ahab and uh, Jezebel. Um, we were talking about running from our problems. And uh, Ahab was known as the most wicked king to ever exist. Now, Jeroboam was the first king of the ten tribes, and he is known for laying the foundation of sin in our people and in, in the Israelite people and as the time progressed the kings just got worse and worse and now Ahab now not only was Ahab evil but his wife was also a very wicked person we learned last week that uh, kicked her off and uh, she wanted to kill somebody Ahab had the prime choice of all the land in the kingdom but he wasn't satisfied with everything that he owned. He wanted this one lot. There's almost a tale of two tales here in this story. Uh, if you read a little deeper, the first one is of giving up, and the next one is of greed. All scripture is given um, to us by God and is... Uh, profitable to us so we need to read more into it but we're going to cover a little bit everything in the word of god is for us today of every story there's a deeper story of every physical application there's a spiritual application for every problem that we could possibly have in today there's a solution for us in the Word of God. Do we turn to the Word of God every time that we have a problem, or do we turn to Facebook, or do we turn to doctors, or do we turn to whoever else you may turn to? It used to be Oprah, turn on Oprah, that was the thing. She had the problems for everything, or the answers for everything. 
But Naboth refused to sell his vineyard here for any price, even to serve the political king Ahab. He wasn't afraid of him. He didn't want to give up. He could have gotten more. He probably could have negotiated and gotten more than what was the first offer. But he didn't even consider it. He could have gotten uh, more financial, more land, probably could have got a little bit of both. But this was his inheritance of his father. This was his spiritual connection to the blessings of Abraham. God had told them years before that they could not sell their inheritance for any reason, for any price. Now, Naboth could not be bought, so he was killed. Jezebel had him murdered. I told you she was a, a wicked woman. She did it so that her husband could have this new piece of property. Of all the acts of Ahab, this one received special recognition from God. The wrath of God was kindled when Ahab crossed the line and stole this land. Now Daniel in the first chapter uh, would not give in. He refused to eat. Um, and then uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego likewise would not give in. And if you remain faithful to God, he will remain faithful to you. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. In the case of uh, Naboth, we see that the end result of his life, he was dying for what he believed was right. He gave up his life, but he would not sell his inheritance. He would not give up his inheritance. The Bible tells us, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. When the situation of temptation arises, and it will, we can't sell out. Satan's going to put something flashy in front of us. We're easy. We're like little children. Put something a little flashy in front of us, and we give in. Doesn't take a lot. If it can be bright, shiny. I mean, you can give a kid a, a shiny penny, and they're, they're, they're in. You want this shiny penny? Yep. And they'll do anything. Go. We're, we're that way. Satan puts something shiny, flashy in front of us, and we are quick to sell out to God. And that shiny thing could be a friend. That shiny thing could be your spouse. That shiny thing could be a job, money, success, fame, popularity, whatever it is. Satan puts it in front of us so that we will sell out our inheritance. These people stood up for what they knew was right. And the Son of God showed up just like he will in our situation. He showed up with them. With Daniel, he was there. With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was there. And they were promoted. I heard this saying one time, it said, anything that you have to compromise your integrity to gain, you will eventually lose it. Anything that you have to compromise your integrity to get, eventually you're going to lose it. Satan doesn't work fair. He doesn't play fair. 
he may give it to you for a moment, but he remember his ultimate goal, steal, kill, destroy. He'll make you famous for a moment. Look at Hollywood. He makes them famous, but his ultimate goal is to steal, kill, and destroy them. Suicide rate among them is ridiculous. Drug use among them is ridiculous. Alcoholism, ridiculous. Why? They have everything. Because Satan is not satisfied. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. If you only stand up for what is right, God will give you the rewards. By the three of them standing up for what they knew was right, the king of the land promoted them and made them uh, the, the, a new law to where uh, they had to speak only positive of God. Nothing could ever be said negative. It is God who gives promotions, not your boss. It is God that has your back, not your friends. In your life, who are you trying to impress? Who are we trying to live for? Who do we care about? We care so much what people think about us. We care more about that than we do God. We have to be because look at our actions. When you look in the mirror, who are you, who are you showing up for? Who are you showing off for? Who are you trying to live for? Who are we trying to impress? Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 24, 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Yes, you might fall down along the way. Yes, you might make mistakes, but if you just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, you'll be saved. In this race of life, God does not have time for quitters. You don't have time to even think about quitting. Your inheritance is too great. What we're living for is too great. You can't even compromise. Satan will tell us, well, it's not really quitting. You just, and there's examples in the Bible we won't go into today about compromising. Well, you don't have to give up everything. Just give a little. Doesn't work that way. The vineyard that Naboth had was given to him by his father. It was obviously beautiful or something special about it because even the king wanted it. Naboth refused to sell his inheritance because it was a divine law given by God. If a man under the old covenant knew better than to sell what his father had given him, how much more should we be under grace and mercy and of the shed blood of Christ hold on to our inheritance and what has been given to us. Our Father has left us things that money cannot buy. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. The flashy things are just... They're temporary. That's what he's telling us. What you can see, what the world tells you you should be striving for is temporary. What you don't see, that's forever. That's what our inheritance is, is the eternity. The inheritance that we have is something that the rest of the world is literally dying for. 
The inheritance that we have is peace in the middle of the storm. It's comfort in the midst of the wars. It's the promise that though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Listen to David as he tells it in Psalms 30, verse 1 through 5. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cry out to you and you heal me. O Lord, you brought me uh, my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now you may be sitting next to someone, um, so don't raise your hand on this one, but how many have messed up family? Doc said, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Some of you are going, mm-hmm, listen right here. Some people think that they can't do anything for God because they have messed up family or because they're messed up. They don't have anything to praise God for because they're messed up family or also because how hard their life is. Well, let me tell you, that's a lie of Satan. All of it is. David that writes this praise to God, he's praising him here. He said, I lift you up. You haven't let my foes rejoice over me. I cry out to you. You've healed me. You raised my soul up out of the grave. You keep me alive. We give thanks to your holy name. His favor is in our life. And joy comes in the morning. This man that writes this, this beautiful praise comes from someone that had a horrible life. We think of David as this great thing, and, and, and he was. There's amazing things, but just to survive and do his job, he was attacked by a lion, and he had to kill him. He was attacked by a bear, and he had to kill him, both of which with his bare hands just to do his job. Then later, he's chased for a long time by a king wanting to kill him. Now think of this. The president is out to get you, and he's got all the military coming after you. You think your life is rough? You think you got problems? Think of the entire military after you. That's what David had. He had to go and hide. God saved him. He's right here. His death is right here. He could reach out and touch him. Death is right there. Nowhere could he hide, but God saved him. God saves him from everything. That's why he's giving him praise. Not because his life was easy, but because God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Now you think your family is messed up and his family's normal. Well, Let's just take a look at a couple of his kids. You think your children, you'll really like your kids after you hear his. Amnon, David's firstborn, is killed by his brother Absalom after Amnon raped uh, his sister. So this brother rapes this sister and this brother kills this brother. 
Now, Absalom, the third son, he was killed by Joab after he mounted a rebellion against his father. So he's trying to turn on his father, trying to kill his own father and take control. Well, he dies. But the fourth son, the next child, is attempting to do the same thing. And so Solomon has him executed. So his loving children, you think your kids are bad. They don't love you. Well, at least they're not out trying to kill you. They're a little crazy and creepy as kids. However, David is still there giving God praise. He's not willing to give up his inheritance for anything. He's willing to praise the Lord. He is saying that this messed up world is just temporary, but our inheritance is eternal. Weeping may endure for a night. It's uh, We told our kids all the time in high school, you know, they think that school from from kindergarten to 12th grade is just so long and they're trying to impress this person and that person and whatever. And I told my kids, when you graduate, you're not even going to care about those people. You're not going to see 99% of those people. Especially if you come from a big city. I graduated in Phoenix, Arizona. I talk to nobody that I graduate with. Johnny that comes and preach with us, uh, preaches for us is probably the only one I talked to from high school or any of my school, I think. But we're so busy. We look at our life here on earth as so important. Our life, God is looking at us the same way we tell our kids it's temporary. I promise you, you're not going to care about what the world thinks in eternity. You're not going to be thinking about that new car. You're not going to be thinking about the clothes and the uh, whatever, that job that you're worried about or whatever it is that Satan is flashing there in front of you because it's temporary. It's not important. The importance that we have is that we are the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. We are blessed in the city and blessed in the fields. We're blessed when we come and blessed when we go. That we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. The inheritance is that we have is that we are who God says we are. We can have what God says we can have and we can do what God tells us we can do. The inheritance that we have is that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And that God will never leave us nor forsake us. The inheritance that we have is that we are sons and daughters of God. And we are joint heirs with Christ. And that all power in heaven and on earth belong to us. The inheritance that we have is the right that whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And whatsoever we ask in Jesus' name shall be given to us. The inheritance that is promised to us is that we would never be left comfortless. That he would be our very present help in our times of trouble. Our inheritance is not just temporary things like money, gold, a little house. No, our inheritance through the sacrificial life of Jesus Christ is an eternal home in heaven. And not just a house, but Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
that where I am you may be also, that in my Father's house there are many mansions. This house that you're trying to build here on earth is nothing. God says, this is nothing. I have streets of gold. You want gold? I got it for you. You want diamonds? You want pearls? You want houses? I got mansions. You don't have to drive. You'll be there instantly. You think this earth is something? It's nothing. For what we have, our inheritance is awesome. That's just a small list of everything that we have in our inheritance. And we're worried about what? What are we worried about? Why are we selling our inheritance? Why are we quitting for that? Our internal home will be a place where God is going to wipe away all of our tears from our eyes. There'll be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any pain because the former has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Our inheritance is not just a mansion, but a city, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, the gold and pearls and things that we seek is going to be under our feet. Now, there's conditions. When a person is born here in this country, no matter where their parents are from, they're a citizen when they're born here. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The only way that we inherit the promises of God is if we're born again and we get that inheritance. And once we get that inheritance, we got to hold on to it. We got to hold on to it tighter than you hold on to that money. More than you hold on to that job, to the relationships, to the gold, the fame, the fortune, the popularity, the friends, the house, the cars. You better hold on to that inheritance. And no matter what flashy thing comes in your way, you say, I am not going to sell. I am not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to compromise because my inheritance is so much greater than anything. We can't sell out. We can't give up our inheritance. What is Satan putting in front of you telling you is more important? Are you thinking of compromising? Are you thinking of quitting? Let me encourage you. Do not give in. It is a lie of Satan. There is nothing. It is temporary. What we have and what I read, by the way, that's just, I only have so much time. That's just a very short list of our inheritance. The list goes on and on and on and on. If you have your Bible, take a look at it. That's your inheritance. The greatest inheritance is at the back of the book. <laughs> because you know what? We win. I got goosies right there. We win. All of this here, all this pain, what, you know, it, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no death, there's no worry, no worry, no stress. I have hair in heaven. There's so much greater things. I won't even care about hair, so woo. Um, we'll have the perfect figure. We won't have to worry about nothing. It is awesome. Don't let Satan lie to you. And tell you that anything is more important. As Christians we quit all the time. 
You see it in churches. People come and people go. They allow Satan to steal them. Take their inheritance. The Bible has several examples of people that gave up their inheritance. For what? We read it. We go, for a bowl of soup? Really? Like, duh. This is your inheritance for a bowl. You're, you're hungry. Whoa. We look at them and we say, duh, to them. But what are you selling out for? What are you giving up your inheritance for? Let's bow our heads. The first thing, the condition is we have to be born again. We have to accept Christ into our hearts. We have to die to this man, die to this world, and live for God. And that takes action. And the first action we have to do is ask him to forgive us of our sins. Take them all away from us and come into our hearts. And then afterwards, we have to live for him. That's a daily, not quitting, but living and striving. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much. And Lord, I just ask you to forgive us of our sins. Come into our hearts. Lord, I want that inheritance. And Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, we rebuke Satan. Open up our eyes, Lord, to see the lies to see that that flashy is temporary. And Lord, help us to hang on. Give us that strength to hang on to the truth. Hang on to that awesome inheritance that you give to us, Lord. Every day you bless us. Every day you provide for us. Every day you're there with us. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray for the ones that are battling today. The ones that are struggling today. Satan is lying to us. Trying to manipulate us. Trying to steal our inheritance. Get us to quit. Get us to give up. On you. Lord, we don't want to give up on you. We love you, and we adore you, and we thank you, Father. Give us that strength and that courage to fight to the end. Lord, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you.